Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Minisode 90 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. As ever, I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, Human Slime. Good evening. Good evening, how are you? I'm alright, thank you, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. For date stamp purposes, clocking in somewhere around 8.30 on a Friday evening. Yeah, yeah, we're having a weekend get-together. <laughs> yeah, actually, we've had a nice wee evening, haven't we? Yeah, we have, we have. Uh, you've had some food. I have, yes, lovely. Yep, yep, you watched a film from the 90s. Which, which we'll get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, now we're doing this. Yeah, so how's your week been? What have you been watching? A um, couple of things. Uh, one, we have some overlap that we should discuss, but there's something else that I did watch that you didn't watch. Okay. Me. I checked out Arrow Video's new Blu-ray of Jose Ramon Laraz's Edge of the Axe. Okay, I'm not going to pretend I know the first thing about this, so tell me all about it. It's one of those kind of late-era forgotten slashers up until Arrow have done an absolutely bang-up job putting this out. As they um, tend to do? Yeah, it, I really loved it, actually. It's, I, I hadn't seen this before prior to picking up the Blu-ray. It was one of those slashers that kind of passed me by. But it's another one of those uh, PCs-esque slashers that I've said that. Don't think for a minute that this is like PCs. It's nowhere near as preposterous as PCs. Okay. It's not not preposterous <laughs> um, okay. but yeah yeah i hadn't seen this before this was a total first time for me but it's one of those it's purported to be america but it's shot in madrid excellent okay good good um and uh yeah I, wow I, I really really liked it okay yeah. cool it's the story of this town in america this kind of podunk backwater uh that has this guy in a long trench coat and this weird white mask it's kind of almost like a blank mask kind of going around killing people okay excellent Nice, nice. Yeah. And that was Edge of the Axe. Edge of the Axe. Out now via Arrow. Mm -hmm. Cool, okay. Um, Yeah, I had something, but like you say, we had some overlap on this one. Right. And uh, we did both watch another Arrow job, actually. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel Isn't Real. Yeah, Daniel Isn't Real. Now, I know in the past you've been pretty lukewarm on Adam Egypt Mortimer's films. I actually have a long and storied history with this film as well. But, um, uh, and we've talked about it before in the show, but like, yeah, as you alluded to there, um, Adam's first film, Some Kind of Hate, didn't do it for me. Right, sure. Not even a little bit. Right, yeah. Um, I hated that film. Hated it. Yeah. Um, I don't l- think you were alone in that, to be fair. No. I think there was a lot of people who were lukewarm to cold, I would say, on Some Kind of Hate. Yeah, I mean, like, I, mean, I, I hated it like I've hated very few films. I've hated it like I loved detention. <laughs> um, so I didn't really have a dog in this fight coming in. Um, and then I saw it at Fright Fest, but I slept through the last half hour of it, which is not the film's <laughs> fault. It's just festival things. Sure, festival fatigue. Yes. And eventually I caught it at Celluloid Scream, saw it in full, and uh, was looking forward to catching up with it again. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of this? I really like it. I think um, there's a few moments towards the end that get a bit silly. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like the first hour or so was really great, and I feel like it does kind of write itself into a corner and doesn't necessarily know how to resolve itself. 
I kind of like where it goes. I just don't like some of the things that happen around where it goes. Yeah, I don't want to get too spoilery, but there's a couple of things about maybe, especially like the last quarter of an hour or so, that I find quite annoying. Yeah, that's kind of where I had the biggest issue with the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought the performances are really good. Mm-hmm. Patrick Schwarzenegger, I think, is brilliant. Mm-hmm, absolutely, definitely. And I, th- and I think that in terms of like a most improved player award from first feature to second feature, I think that the difference is absolutely night and day. Like, I love uh, this by comparison to uh, some kind of hate. I think, I, I think Daniel was a really good film. I really like when a filmmaker does that though, because you went into this like really negative. I get on it like. I mean, the trailer and the acclaim for it in the run-up kind of like made me think, okay, there's probably something going on here. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm quite happy to admit I had no real excitement. What does the involvement of Spectre Vision do to you in regards to your level of excitement for a project? I would say it probably makes me about twenty percent more likely to watch something. Right. Okay. I would say that it it could be like if I'm on the line, it would tip me over. Right. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, so far, I think certainly their genre output's been pretty strong. Mm-hmm. The Nicolas Cage starting output, uh, particularly so. Absolutely, can you agree more? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, really, yeah, that's no, really cool. And it's out now in the UK as well. Uh, so yeah, like I said, we've talked about it before, but it's now available on home release. You know, Arrow Video have got their own podcast, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah not just this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have a theme for this yet? I don't have a theme for this yet. I was still hoping that in this week someone would have drummed something up, or even you'd have done one yourself, you lazy fuck. But I maybe will. But yeah, I know you've been busy this week. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few things going on. Yeah, yeah, a couple of things. Uh, no, but what I will do is uh, I'll say uh, synth, 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 90s stuff. <laughs> excellent, good, thank you. That was excellent. That was really yeah. superb. Uh, so yes, I am on a 90s horror side quest right now. Because you once watched Sleepwalkers. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally all that's done it. <laughs> It's so true. Like, I wonder you should message Mick Garris and tell him that the effect that Sleepwalkers has had on you was so cataclysmic that it's made you deep dive into the horror films of the 90s. Of the 90s, yeah. It, it turned me onto the horror of an entire decade. I'd just be like, I thought your film was only okay. But it piqued my curiosity sufficiently that I'm now going to watch 100 horror films in the 90s. Wonderful. Uh, so yeah, and we did mention where I was going to start doing this last week, and a couple of people got in touch with some title suggestions, which some is cool. Great suggestions, yeah, some really good ones. That. Keep them coming. Yeah, definitely. It's... Because I mean, I know fuck all. Like, I mean, I really do need all the help I can get. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and speaking of needing all the help I can get, you stepped in and helped me out this week. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And just right before we came through here, actually, we watched Wes Craven's New Nightmare. We did. I think that was one that could potentially have wound up as a main episode in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we did watch it tonight. Uh huh. I thought it was alright. I <laughs> was braced to like it more, I would say. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's a series that I like, and I like winky, self-referential meta bullshit. That's like one of my favourite things. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know <laughs> you know better than most. Well. Yeah. Um, so I was maybe a little bit... I, I liked what it ultimately went. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I liked kind of how it eventually resolved itself, but I did find it a little bit of a slog some of the way. Yeah, yeah. When it's good, it's good, and when it's not, it's boring. Yeah. I, I think boring's the word. It's never outrightly terrible. There's just like sometimes where you just feel like you're just like, you know? I tell you what, though, I could watch uh, John Saxon looking concerned for hours. <laughs> I'll bet you fucking good. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's just about it for the viewing this week. Feedback, and loads of people have been getting in touch this week. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. And a lot of it about our second monthly Andy vs. Mitch episode, which this month was knock knock has chosen by me you're welcome yeah thanks for that mm-hmm. 
And yeah, loads of people getting in touch about this one. Uh, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter. This film had so many opportunities to be deeper and explore some of its themes further than just surface level, but just didn't take any of them. I almost wish it had been more bad. Like, if it had been a super cheese fest, it would have been better. I think that she is giving the film too much credit by suggesting that there was room to explore its themes in more depth. Do you know what? It's making the bold assertion that it had themes. I think I touched on that briefly in the episode. I believe that Eli Roth thinks that this film is some kind of in-depth analysis of fantasy versus nightmare. He's projecting, isn't he? But I don't think it comes close to that. I don't think it's anywhere near as clever as he would like to imagine it is. And I kind of agree with with Hanny. I think if it had leaned more into the absurd, I might like it more. I think if it had gone one way or the other, maybe. Right. But I, but I, but I probably shouldn't be so outrightly agreeing with you, considering it was me that picked it. <laughs> yeah, that's, you do this every time. Yeah, I really you do. You pick a film and wind up hating it. Um, Darren Gaskell getting in touch with his shout for line of the episode, and it came from you. Sure. Uh, Darren saying, it's the Esperanto of graffiti. In an episode of Many Laughs, this comment <laughs> made me laugh the loudest and the longest. Yeah, that was me talking about how no matter where you are in the world, graffiti of a spunking dick transcends language. Sounds the same in every language, doesn't it? (laughs) 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 Fucking hell. You got some stuff in Knock Knock? I do have some stuff in Knock Knock, actually. Haley Alice Roberts getting in touch Mm -hmm. to say, I recall this film being entertainingly bad. Excuse me, madam. You are correct, Haley. How about you just back off with your accurate observations? How about that? (laughs) And Canel at Colac getting yep. in touch to say, I remember when I watched this thinking it was doing something quite interesting with narrative structure, with the way it kept jumping between actions and consequences. Up until about 80 minutes in when I realised the 2014 version of Showbox I was watching it on was playing the film in 10 minute sections and in the wrong order. <laughs> <laughs> I switched it off because I realised I had seen the end 20 minutes in. I have never seen this film in the correct order. <laughs> and you know what? Now is no time to start. No, no. I keep the purity of the way you watched it clear in your head. Yeah, just preserve that forever. I love that. I love that. <laughs> uh, Damon Rickard getting in touch on Instagram. What? I know. What? Uh, getting in touch saying that I had my work out for me on this one. He just simply said, there can be literally no saving this film. Good luck, Mitch. You know what? <laughs> enough of this shit honestly um and saltair popcorn roll pal kevin yeah uh getting in touch saltair popcorn on twitter um with a longer consideration a double tweet a two of two fest um saying i have some thoughts one keanu now has two full quotes in this show's history nice two this film is knowing trash although not roth's best in my opinion nice to hear it discussed though point three why does roth use social media like some older uncle trying to show he's down with the kids <laughs> could not agree more about that how long does kevin think we have <laughs> point four i think it's amazing that i watched this and thought that as lorenza Izzo had seemingly hitched her wagon to roth she would be the one to have a career anna de armas seemed like the more gorgeous woman there for eye candy oh how things change so happy for her she's the better actor of the two she is the better like, actor she's brilliant and yeah she's, and she's like and she's great in knives out she deserves the things that have happened to her since because she has she's been really good in everything that i've seen her in and since. she's my favorite sexy hologram definitely in my top three Heart <laughs> and rimmer fucking hell anything else and not not before we move on no i don't have anything else on not not the only other thing that i have about it was um alexis cosmic Regor got in touch saying i watched it such an awkward film which i actually think is a really good way of describing it yeah and it makes sense then that you would choose it being as i am a very awkward man yes exactly that. <laughs> uh i have something on congo what I know. Uh, double What's back. My a- second what of the episode? Yeah, heading back a few weeks uh, to John Crennan's Congo episode. Sure. Yes. yes. Uh, Caitlin, scared sheepless on Twitter. 
Slightly regretful that I listen to Strong Violent PC on my commute because during the Congo episode I've been catching up with, there's a hell of a drinking game for any time Mitch says, oh Christ, in response to some of Andy's remarks. I think you could play that drinking game across this entire show. Do it with the whole. <laughs> Do it with the episode in the whole. Um, but we asked for um, some examples and uh, she pointed out when you said she is wet for that gorilla. She being Amy. Yes. So it's okay. It's fine because she is also a gorilla. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. women being wet for a gorilla. And she said, I mean, to be fair, I howled laughing at it, so it's exactly my humour. Also make anything into a drinking game given half the chance. <laughs> it would be different if we were watching Gorillas in the Mist and I said she was wet for the gorilla. Fucking hell. Oh, drink. <laughs> I've only got one more thing. Okay, it's, I've uh, got a couple of things. Okay, um, uh, will, I just, will I just do mine and you can just burn off yours and we'll move on? Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sandy Gottrick got in touch. Oh, um, our Sandy. old pal, Sandy75Mars on Twitter. It's Friday tomorrow and that means only two things. Almost the weekend and I get to listen to a new episode of Strong Violent PC on my way to work. That's lovely. Hope you enjoyed it, Sandy. Always nice to know how we figure in people's routines, but thanks for listening, as always. It always troubles me. It still troubles me every time someone says they're listening to us in the gym because it's the absolute antithesis of how I choose to live my life. <laughs> Well, I don't know what that is, but I appreciate your support. <laughs> right, what else you got? Graham Hughes. Ah, Faction Man. Yes, Faction Man getting in touch off the back of last week's minisode, actually. To okay. say, glad Watchfiles Mitch enjoyed the reflecting skin. Yes, it was his recommendation, of course, that prompted me to go check that out and shut her. Yeah. It's a hard sell, but definitely the best film featuring an exploding frog and an unexplained abandoned fetus that becomes a boy's best friend. Couldn't agree more. Sounds like Death Stranding. There's an abandoned fetus that you walk around with in Death Stranding. What, really? Yeah. Jesus. He uh, also uh, professed his love for Go West's The King of Wishful Thinking. As well he should. That song is amazing. <laughs> stone Cold Banger. Absolute Stone Cold Banger. 100%. <laughs> you said you had one more, didn't you? I've got two more. Oh my goodness, okay. Doghead Dog. Ah, yes. On Instagram, that's uh, Paul Etheridge, director of Hellbent. Always nice to hear from him. And nice that he's still in contact with us. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Considering yeah, yeah. we covered his film. Paul reached out just to say, and this is this is another thing that's just lovely, consistently clever, insightful, and entertaining podcast series. Love listening to you guys and guests, and I always seek out these glistening golden tubs of movies to watch after. <laughs> we should get Paul on. Yeah, we should get Paul on. That'd be cool. I'd love to hear what he pick. Anything before we go? One last thing. All right. Our old pal, Stevie Reeve. Oh, yeah. Getting in touch to say, do you know how many from the Strong Violent PC family will be attending Fright Fest Glasgow next month? <laughs> Me, you, Stevie. <laughs> uh, nah, it's, there are a few of us, I think. Yeah, maybe try to get a group photo is what uh, he's suggesting. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, be, I'd like that. Yeah, yeah. I'd be totally up for that. And I think a good place to do that would potentially be our live show. Which we're doing. Yeah, which looks like the 5th. Thursday the 5th. Yep, Thursday the 5th of March. Yep, further details to come. Yep, but uh, that's pretty much in the bag now. Locked up. Speaking of locked up, our feedback's done. It is. Can mean only one thing. That's what she's it is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He will have photoshopped out the title and the tagline and any other identifying text and leave only the image. It will be up to me to describe the image to the best of my ability and, where possible, give it a title and a synopsis. We'll also share the image to social media so you guys can join in too. Last week, what was the film? The film last week was Mario Bava's Bloodbath, A Bay of Blood, Twitch of the Death Nerve, etc, etc. Etc, etc. Reappropriated by me as Deadly in Tentacle, The Incomprehensible Defense of the Indefensible Submersible Demersible. 
Yeah, yeah, I remember that. A few people get in touch on this one. So, uh, in fact, there's a lot of them. So, apologies if I don't read yours, but uh, we do have uh, some of the picks here. Sure, fire away. Uh, Cosmic Ray Girl, 1977's Machete Spaghetti. Like it. Canal, wheelchair-bound erotic fan fiction author Jessica Fleshlight investigates a series of gruesome murders centered around a lucrative and stylish Italian fish market in 1972 Giallo at the cabinet of Dr. Calamari. <laughs> Like That's that. fucking great. I love that. Honey underscore Ray on Twitter. A new fish restaurant run by an eccentric man and his apparently reclusive elderly mother is found to be at the centre of a spate of gruesome murders. It's 1973's Kilimari. Oh, right. Okay, fuck. Yeah, a couple of people leaning in. Cool. Twin. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andrew Marshall, a semi-pro geek on Twitter uh-huh. getting in touch as well. Um, a gritty rehash of The Little Mermaid sees Ursula turn Ariel into a ravenous zombie and use her to wreak havoc throughout Atlantica. Hired to take out the sea witch is assassin Lando Alejandro, the rando commando, <laughs> turning <laughs> turning under the sea into a crimson bloodbath in 1973's Schlocktopus. <laughs> Fantastic, I love it. CP Buckley on Instagram, deep in the bowels of Arkham University, something stirs. Ah. On the day of her retirement, Professor Louise Lerner is in a serious car accident. She wakes to find herself in a dark room somewhere beneath the university. The you dean... try to do my voice. <laughs> you would know. <laughs> the dean appears, telling her that her retirement will be short-lived and that she is to be sacrificed to the old ones. Seeing herself amongst these worlds, being feasted on by the creatures, she knows she must escape. Wheelchair-bound, she makes her way through the halls, pursued by a hulking, faceless monster. Can Louise escape, or will her soul become a meal for the old ones? It's the 1978 Lovecraft-inspired Escape from Arkham University. Right, okay. <laughs> Chris Salt. Yes. Right, okay, this is a little bit of a mouthful. Oh, right, okay. Top sushi chef Ito Tanirafishi <laughs> bites off more than he can chew when the body of an elderly vagrant turns up among his supplies from the local fish market. Investigating the curious cadaver, he uncovers a dockside underground fighting arena where vulnerable homeless people are pitted against each other by a ruthless Yakuza gang. Oh. Caught by the hoodlums and forced to fight for his life, Ito must use his formidable filleting faculties to cleave a path to the ringleader in 1985's Kyoto Hobo Dojo Sushi Showdown. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's just so great. And finally, Tony Constantino. Ah, yes. When embittered, crippled widow Rosie Outlook accidentally takes her Thursday pills on a Tuesday, she awakens the next day on her barge to discover she can create things using only her mind. Wasting no time, she uses her newfound power to resurrect her true love, killed at sea all those years ago as giant remorseless killing machine, Big Jim. (laughs) Setting sail on the ragdoll one last time, the reunited couple head off to sea to get revenge against Cractopus Pete, (laughs) who destroyed their lives in Roger Corman's poorly considered film adaptation, Rosie and Jim Unleashed. Fly on the strings of blood. <laughs> That's your lot. Best character to Kinnell. Okay, for Jessica Fleshlight. Yep. Uh huh. And best pitch to Andrew Marshall. Andrew Marshall for Schlocktopus. Yes. Um, incredibly high standard. This yeah, week. this week was an outstanding one. Well everyone. done. Well yes. done across the board, everyone. More of this. Superb. Please. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Could not be happier. So my turn, right? <laughs> Uh, here you go. Okay. Oh, nice and straightforward. <laughs> so, uh, the border to this image is a uh, solid black. Okay. The background is kind of like a blue mist. We have a shadowy face. Can't really tell if it's male or female. Uh, so, all you can see is the person's eye, which is brown, and quite a strong brow, I would say. Is it me? 
It might be. Uh, they're mostly in silhouette, and the left side of their head is uh, split into one, two, three, four, five compartments that all look like different deaths. Right. Um, we have a blonde woman in a red dress falling off a building, a man in a short-sleeved shirt who looks like he's in hell, <laughs> a brown-haired woman drowning, a person in a state of some distress being grabbed at by multiple craning hands, and a man in a white shirt who appears to be buried alive. Ryan possibly. Reynolds. Like Ryan Reynolds in the film Buried. Yeah, exactly that. That's just about it, I think. Uh, shadowy head looks on. Uh, left-hand side of the head is compartmentalized into five deaths. <laughs> is this going to be a Jello title? Like, Head of the Five Deaths. <laughs> the Many Deaths of Shadowhead. <laughs> Fuck, that's going to be better than what I come up with, isn't it? <laughs> right, give me a minute. Yeah, sure. I really like this poster, I think it's quite striking. Yeah, it's cool. But I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't seen it. Okay. I can't have seen it before. You cannot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I like I'm, I'm a big fan of the artwork on this poster. Yeah, it's very cool. Very cool. How we get on? I mean. <laughs> We've got something. Took you a while to finish that swig of beer as you, as you were. <laughs> yeah, stolen. Furiously... Stolen frauds. <laughs> as you were furiously composing this. Right, okay, here we go. On the eve of their final tour, Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart stop for the night at a motel during a thunderstorm. As they attempt to fall asleep for the night, Annie is plagued by nightmares, prophesizing the deaths of all of their road crew in forensic detail. When the first nightmare comes to fruition with shattering clarity, when mild-mannered sound man Ernesto Monitor is crushed by a falling vacancy sign, Annie must push on to figure out the specifics of the nightmares and save her crew members before it's too late in The Grief Tourists. There must be an angel of death playing with my heart. Are you saying Annie Lennox because that is an androgynous head? Looks a bit like Annie Lennox. <laughs> Fine, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's not that. Disappointing, continue. Uh, we're going back to, what year did you say? I actually didn't pick a year, but just for the sake of argument, I'll say 84. When you're at the mixer at the peak. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> right, around the time of your, right around the time of your Rhythmix tourist horror film crossover would have been super profitable. <laughs> 1980. 1980, okay. What, what, what do we have here? The film is Phobia. Phobia. What's it about? Well, we've got a new synopsisizer on Always IMDb good. Welcome to the family. Who we got? We've got Alfie Hitchy. Okay. And they're saying a psychiatrist treats his patients, sufferers from agoraphobia, claustrophobia, acrophobia, a fear of snakes, and a fear of man, with radical therapy in which they confront their fears by watching them on a large screen. The result is that each patient is driven to commit violent acts, and each dies by what he most fears. Okay, spoilers. <laughs> also, agoraphobia, claustrophobia, acrophobia, fear of snakes, and a fear of man. Yep. Most of them don't feature on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, have you seen this? No. Okay. I just told you I hadn't. That sounds pretty good, though. Yeah, if anyone out there's seen Phobia, let us know. Yeah, tell us if it's any use. Always curious about those things. Sure. That concludes Mitch's pitches for this week, though. The image is everywhere. If you want to join in, get pitching. Streaming platforms this week. What do we have? Well, a few things. Netflix first, then. On Tuesday, we have got David F. Sandberg's Annabelle Creation. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Years after their daughter's death, a dollmaker and his wife open their home to several orphans who begin to fear one of his eerie creations. On Thursday, we've got season one of Spectros. No. <laughs> I love when you do this. What the hell? A group of teens get caught up in a supernatural clash as vengeful spirits from the past rise up in the Liberdade area of Sao Paulo. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. 
shifting then to Shudder on Monday there's a short coming on called Blankety with uh, with two Y's but very hard to dredge up information on this just in general like I've been digging around but I could find very little about it but it's out there and that's coming to Shudder on Monday maybe our pals at Shudder can uh, shed some light on it perhaps yeah also uh, on Monday we have got uh, The Nightmare which is a documentary about eight people experiencing sleep paralysis. Brilliant documentary. Yeah, quite liked it, quite liked it. And Thursday also got a new episode of The Deadlands and also Jessica Forever. In a dystopian world where violent misfits reign supreme, one woman and her makeshift family of rehabilitated marauders fight for peace and seek to create a new world. Wow. Uh, Amazon Prime, we actually have a film. (coughs) (coughs) On the 17th, Monday, uh, Sasha Loss stars in Luke Besson's thriller Anna. Right, okay. About an assassin whose indelible strength and lethal skill is concealed beneath a polished surface. And on Thursday, we've got season one of Hunters, Amazon's conspiracy thriller created by David Weil and exec produced by Jordan Peele, following a diverse band of Nazi hunters in 1977's New York City. Inspired by true events, Hunter sees the team discover that hundreds of high-ranking Nazi officials are living among us and conspiring to create a Fourth Reich in the USA. The eclectic team sets out on a bloody quest to bring them to justice and thwart their new genocidal plans. Al Pacino's in this. Of course, yeah. So there you go. Uh, and on Sky Cinema on Saturday, La Llorona, The Curse of Lion. Corona. Oh dear. From the folks behind the conjuring, according to the uh, snippet that I got. Um, <laughs> a woman, very informal. A woman is forced to protect her family from a benevolent spirit in 1970s Los Angeles. That film's a garbage pile, but if you want to watch it, you can. Yeah, from those cool dudes behind the conjuring. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I hate that film. Hate it, hate it, hate it. But, yeah, I um, didn't like it much myself. No, but it's available from Saturday, if that's not enough to put you off. Uh, pick of the week this week, then, I would say maybe The Nightmare. I would say The Nightmare or the other one. Spectros. Spectros. So yeah, decent amount of stuff to be getting stuck into this week. Can't wait to have no time to watch any of it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, buzzing to add loads of stuff to my watch list and not get around to it. <laughs> Turning our attention to this week, though. Yeah. We do have a guest this week. We do. He is the director of Frankenstein's Creature. Uh-huh. And also the upcoming film, A Little More Flesh. He's also the co-host of the Harrow Video Podcast, not this one. <laughs> It's Sam Ashurst. Yes, and we've been trying to get Sam on for a while, and I honestly I couldn't be happier about this selection. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've been having a little bit of back and forth about which film we're going to do for a while. He's settled on something that I think is going to uh, make for a really fun chat. I just want to say this is a kids' film, or it's supposed to be a kids' film, but in my opinion, it couldn't be further from a kids' film. Okay. So I think you should know, Mitch, that this film has 2.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Love it. Okay, good. Good start. Good start. We're going back to 1987 for the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Wow. I can't wait for this. I watched this. I had this on VHS and I watched it to death. The Garbage Pail Kids movie. With Sam Ashurst, no less. Yes. It's going to be a fun one for episode 90 then. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be fun. How are you feeling about that? Get in touch with us and let us know. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can, of course, tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC and email scenes at gmail.com. Yep, and if you want to check out our website, please do. You can find a list of everywhere you can listen to us. You can also find links to our Tee Public page. And, of course, you can find links to our upcoming live shows as and when they're announced. And like we hinted at earlier, there's probably, maybe, definitely going to be one on Thursday the 5th of March. Who can say? Yeah. We can. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. We're back on Friday talking the Garbage Pail Kids movie with Sam Ashurst. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it's better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 